Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us for our midweek youth devotion, and I do pray that it's a blessing to you. Now, it was probably within the past six months or so that I came across a statement. I don't know if I heard it or read it somewhere, but it stuck with me. It had nothing to do with spirituality, but rather it, it had to do with our eating habits as a society. Now, I'm going to paraphrase the statement because I don't have an exact quote, but essentially the gist was that one of the biggest factors in determining whether or not the food you are eating is healthy is if it was cooked at home. Now, I did a little bit of reading just this morning, and and sure enough, this, this statement was validated by the research I did, and many dietitians and health professionals agree that you cooking your meals at home is directly correlated to having a healthier diet. And this makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it's almost like we instinctively already knew this. Obviously, when foods are prepared and packaged by big companies, uh, you know, meals for you to quickly buy and throw in the microwave, those sorts of things, they typically include various preservatives for longer shelf life. They have high sugar and salt contents, and they often include other less than healthy ingredients and chemicals. So, so that's, that's the store-bought, the, the preservative-laden foods that we often eat. But contrast that to when you cook at home. Every ingredient that goes into your food, it is selected by you. And we tend to avoid harmful chemical preservatives. I mean, when's the last time when you were cooking that you reached for the potassium bromate, the propyl paraben, the monosodium glutamate, the aspartame, red dye number two, or the all-evil high-fructose corn syrup? When's the last time you reached for those ingredients? Never? These are not ingredients that we keep in our pantries. However, these are common additives that we do find in the highly processed foods that we often consume. So what's the point? I would say learning to make meals yourself in your own home has significant positive effects on your overall diet. Studies have shown that people who eat home-cooked meals on average eat 200 calories less per day than those who eat highly processed foods or takeout. There's a guy by the name of Mark Bittman. He's the author of a book called Food Matters. And he has made it his life's work to encourage and inspire people to get back to home cooking. He said this in an article for Time Magazine back in late 2014. He said, if you eat three meals a day and you behave like most Americans, and increasingly the world is doing just that, you probably get at least a third of your daily calories outside the home, one third. Nearly two thirds of us grab fast food once a week and we get almost 25% of our daily calories from snacks. According to the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, 16% of men and 13% of women ages 20 to 39 eat pizza every single day. The top source of calories for Americans, here's the top five, baked goods, chicken, sugar-sweetened beverages, alcohol, and yes, Pizza. Pizza makes the top five. Welcome to the standard American diet, which is often referred to by its acronym SAD or SAD, because it is very sad. He said cooking real food is the best defense. Not to mention that any meal you're likely to eat at home contains about 200 fewer calories than one you would eat in a restaurant. 
Of course, anybody who cooks could have told you that already. And so many Americans, and to include us tonight, I would say North Americans, we get a significant portion of our daily food consumption outside the home. Fast food, takeout, junk food, snack food. And even the food that we do eat in the home, much of it was prepared and packaged in a factory somewhere. And if we want healthier diets, it would be in our best interest to increase our consumption of home-cooked meals. Now, obviously, I have not come to talk merely about the natural food we eat. But I think that we can see this trend mirrored in our spiritual lives. If we aren't careful, we can develop similar spiritual habits. The bulk of our spiritual nourishment, it can come predominantly from outside the home. And we can easily lose the art of feeding ourselves a steady diet of home-cooked soul food. Now, I need to say there's nothing wrong with getting spiritual nourishment from a sermon, you know, that's preached by our pastor in a church building. And, and of course, in this season, live via a webcast. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's, it's very needful. We need the word from God, from our spiritual leadership, and from our pastors. But if that's the only nourishment that we ever get, and we never receive a meal, if you will, from personal time spent with God in the private place, I would say that we don't have a spiritual balanced diet. We all understand, you know, there's benefits. The statistics will tell us, the studies will tell us that, that home-cooked meals are good for us in the natural. But we also understand that there's something more important than the food that we feed our bodies. And that is spiritual food, soul food. We understand that this book, the Word of God, that, that it has such a nourishing effect to our inner man, and we need this book. It was Job who said in 23 verse 12, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. The psalmist said in 119.103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We all understand, and I think we would all agree, that, that God's word nourishes and strengthens us like nothing else can. But today I would just like to hone in on one question. The question today is, how is your diet? How's your diet? Has this season of isolation affected how much of the word you are getting? How much time in prayer spent with God you are getting? My question would be, were you accustomed to getting fed only at church? Maybe this pandemic has highlighted the fact that your consumption habits were leaning too far toward corporate consumption and public consumption. But we can't only have a public consumption mentality when it comes to the spiritual, dis spiritual disciplines in our lives. It was Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, during his Sermon on the Mount, he taught about prayer, he talked about fasting, he talked about giving, and of course, the Word is a major spiritual discipline. And when Jesus talked about those disciplines, he, he said they predominantly must be done in private and not just in public. And I would say that in line with the teaching of Jesus, it is time now more than ever to incorporate some good home-cooked meals into your spiritual diet. Things that you can consume as a Christian and, and find nourishment from as a Christian that doesn't come just from the public venue and the public forum, but, but it comes from that private place, the, the privacy of our own 
homes. Now, this, uh, this devotion, the inspiration for it actually came from an article that I, uh, somebody shared with me just this past Friday. It's from Fox News. And the title of the article is, Why Farmers Dump Food and Crops While Grocery Stores Run Dry and Americans Struggle. First few lines from the article read as follows. It says, as the coronavirus pandemic continues to wage a silent war across the country, American farmers are being forced to pour out milk, crush eggs, toss fresh fruits and vegetables, euthanize livestock, and plow under perfectly robust crops. Extreme waste. It then says, meanwhile, financially beleaguered Americans are lining up at food banks in unprecedented numbers Humanitarian leaders fear a global starvation pandemic is burgeoning and grocery store shelves are sparsely filled. And it leaves you scratching your head and saying, what? How in the world is that possible? How can you have such a strange, uh, drastic dichotomy? The article poses the question, what has gone wrong? And it, and it gives several potential reasons as to why, but, but one that I think is applicable to us tonight The article reads, a large portion of our food is now produced for restaurants, hotels, schools, and institutional users. They estimate about 50% of food is produced for those public venues. Later in the article, there was a potato farmer who was featured, and he's from Oakley, Idaho, Idaho, and he made a large mound of potatoes free to the public back on April 15th, and it was due to the lack of demand from restaurants. At that time, he had dumped a staggering 500,000 pounds of perfectly good potatoes. And again, you just, you scratch your head and you wonder, how is this possible? How can both of these things be true at the same time? How can you have such abundance to the point where farmers are literally throwing away their product and scarcity all at the same time? Among other reasons, this dichotomy is caused by our public food consumption habits as a society. The supply chains are set up to service the demands of the public, and frankly, we like to eat out. We eat few home-cooked meals, and much consumption is done via restaurants and fast food establishments and -and grab-and-go solutions and so on. And this pandemic has brought a significant amount of people to the brink of starvation, Because all of a sudden, the only place to consume food was at home. Meanwhile, there's food enough to spare, right? It's a supply chain issue, but it's also a cultural issue. We don't have enough home cooking going on. And you can, of course, flip that over to a spiritual context, right? Perhaps this pandemic has brought some of us to the brink of spiritual starvation. Because likewise, all of a sudden, The only place that we can ingest a spiritual meal is in our homes, in the private place. We've been used to public consumption Christianity for far too long. Some of us, you know, we we just kind of go to church for our soul food and for our spiritual nourishment. And yes, that's, that's valuable and faithfulness to church is biblical, necessary, and important. But this season has certainly been revealing for some, right? It has shown that we need a shift in our spiritual diet habits. We can't only receive spiritual nourishment in a public venue like a church building, but we need some good 
home-cooked spiritual food. I want to encourage you tonight, to every student listening, to whatever age you are, whoever you are, if you're listening to this tonight, please allow me to encourage you, don't go hungry in your homes. There is food enough to spare. And, and in this season, if it's kind of revealed that that deficiency in your life and that and that uh, wrongfully placed priority on public consumption, if you've been feeling some spiritual hunger pains, I would say don't wait for things to go back to normal when we all get back to our church buildings because we don't know when that's going to happen. I challenge you tonight, in the privacy of your home, get in the Word, get into prayer, dig into the deep things of God in private, right? It's not necessary only in this season, but especially in this season. Now, I want to conclude tonight with the last little bit of Mark Bittman's article that he wrote for Time Magazine. He said, there's something peculiar about our obsession with the business of cuisine. We've got 24-7 TV shows on food. We've got countless food magazines and more Instagram accounts of impossibly beautiful and exotic dishes than one could count or, frankly, stomach. Making food a performance as entertaining as that can be from our seats in the grandstand, it has had a damaging effect on our relationship to cooking. In a land of million-dollar kitchens, Himalayan pink salt, dragon fruit, truffle butter, and Wagyu skirt steak, most of us feel like outsiders, and as a result, we cook less than we ever have. We watch TV shows with uh, other people cooking food, but then we rarely do it. Whether it's because we're scared or lazy or time-pressed or simply that we think the food we cook won't taste as good as the junk we buy, we have allowed others to feed us rather than taking charge of feeding ourselves. For the sake of our health, our well-being, our palates, and the environment, that has got to change. You know, in other words, I think what he's saying is perhaps we sometimes feel intimidated because we compare ourselves to the professional chefs of the world. And it just kind of hand, handcuffs us and handicaps us, and we feel intimidated. He concludes by saying this, to get comfortable in the kitchen, pare down your ambitions, and ease up on your expectations. Start with something manageable. And like any skill, cooking gets easier as you do it more. I want to just conclude by saying this. If you feel like, hey, I need to dig in and I need to, I need to re-institute or or initiate, maybe for the first time, a, a relationship with God and prayer and his word. And, and maybe you feel a little bit intimidated because you think, well, I could never be like so-and-so, or I could never be like that person that's had a walk with God for 20, 30, 50 years. Please don't be intimidated. Please don't compare yourself to anybody else. But, but like Mark Bittman said in relation to food, let me just kind of bring it to a spiritual context. Ease up on your expectations and start with something manageable. Get a few wins under your belt. And like any skill, prayer and a relationship with God, it gets easier and more fulfilling the more you do it. I want to pray with you tonight, and I pray that something I've said has been a blessing. Can you bow your heads? Can you just uh, talk to God with me for just a moment? Lord, I thank you for the time that we've had together. Thank you for our students that have been so faithful to tune in to listen to these devotions. And God, I pray that something I said tonight would challenge us and spur us on once again to go deeper into the things of God. Even in this season when we can't do it publicly, God, help us to realize the power of a private walk with you. 
God, I pray that you'd help us to develop some of that that home cooking skills in a spiritual context. I pray, Jesus, that we would that we would begin to feed ourselves from your word and find nourishment from a walk with you on a daily basis. I pray that you go with us and bless us as we head from this devotion into our midweek Bible study. I pray your blessing upon every student listening. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless tonight. Thank you so much for listening.